Hello and welcome to Backstory with Baycat, a podcast for Bay Area artists, creators, and filmmakers. At Baycat, we believe in changing who the storytellers are in order to change the world. Each episode features a local creator from an underrepresented community, and we talk about their story as a creative, how Baycat has played or currently plays a part in their life, and any upcoming exciting news. Hello and welcome to Backstory with Baycat a podcast for Bay Area artists, creators, filmmakers. At Baycat, we believe in changing who the storytellers are in order to change the world. Each episode features a local creator from an underrepresented community, and we talk about their story as a creative, how Baycat has played or currently plays a part in their life, and any upcoming exciting news. Uh, We are your hosts and this season's studio interns at Baycat, I am Matthew Kagit Wong, pronouns are he, they. And I'm Angelica Castro, my pronouns are she, they. Cool. cool. <laughs> so today we have Amasha Lyons Clark with us. Um, super excited. Um, what can you, can Amasha, can you um, introduce yourself, your pronouns, and uh, maybe where you're working at now? A little intro of yourself. Sure, yeah. Um, my name is Amasha Lines Clark. My pronouns are she, her, and right now I'm based in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. All right, and then I know that you're a production coordinator, um, and uh, you're currently kind of like freelancing as well. Um, yeah, well, when you work nine to five, there's not much time to freelance, but when I am not in a full-time position, I also freelance as an assistant editor, an editor, um, assistant archival researcher. Um, I also do freelance production coordination too, but, um, cool. Yeah. Thank you. So you were an intern at Baycat, right? Um, what year was that? Yeah, I was an intern at Baycat in the fall of 2017. Cool. And then how did you find Baycat? Well, I was in college. I was a I was a sophomore in college um, in the beginning of 2017, and I was at a school that I didn't really enjoy at all, and I was experiencing like a lot of sadness and isolation, and I was thinking about what would make me happy, and I learned that I definitely needed to channel my creativity, and I wanted to learn filmmaking because I had been writing for a while. Um, I was a philosophy major. I love writing and I was even writing scripts and skits, but I just had no idea and no support how to bring it to life. Um, so the first step is I transferred out of the school that I was at and I decided to move home. And then my second step for that plan was to just find a way to learn how to use a camera. And then the third step, too, is also, like, get a job because, um, you know, I was in school and I want to make ends meet. So after I'd moved home, I had just, like, Googled, like, arts, film, paid, job, internship, just, like, a whole bunch of keywords into Google. And Baycat popped up. And it was so weird because I'm from the Bay Area. I'm born and raised in Oakland, and I had never heard of Baycat, even though it's so close in San Francisco. So I just felt like it was so... um, crazy. It was like such a great, uh, such a great timing because it was exactly what I was asking for and looking for. So yeah, just a quick Google search led me to Baycat. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's super cool. Actually, like for myself, I didn't hear about Baycat either. And I also grew up in the Bay Area. Um, 
what was growing up in the Bay Area like, like as a creative? Yeah, well, I spent like my childhood, you know, in the in the Bay Area and my young adult years. So I haven't spent like too, too much time like being an independent creative in Oakland, even though Oakland is like such a creative scene. So when I think of like creativity in Oakland, I just think of my childhood and like, um, I was part of a dance team and going to dance practice and like hanging out in gardens with my mom. It's, you know, things like that, that cultivate your creativity when you're younger. It wasn't until I became an adult that I started channeling creativity into lucrative means, um, you know, like, ways to make ends meet but I do think the Bay Area does foster creatives it's such a small community so it's easy to be like a um, a big fish in a small pond and everyone is so connected so you know I, I do remember when I was 14 and 15 going to like um, like lo-fi hip-hop shows in downtown Oakland like every single weekend and I went to First Friday every single weekend at age you know 13 upwards and my best friend was a filmmaker and so the the art and the creativity was all around me I don't think it was until I became an adult that I realized like oh I I am a creative because I guess I don't I don't even like labeling it all the time because I just know that everyone is creative um so yeah it, I think creativity just runs fluidly through the Bay Area. That's why it's a special place. Mm. Yeah, that's really cool. I think especially kind of hearing about a lot of the um, reasoning and inspirations towards what you're kind of creating. Um, I think history plays a huge role when it comes to like creating conscious or like very cultural work. Um, and I guess with those beliefs, I feel like it comes kind of like with hard decisions. Um, especially when you're working with others and maybe with people that don't uh, don't align with you completely. So I guess, did you ever have to make a hard decision because of something you believed in or felt strongly in? Yeah, every single day. Um, yeah, I just think that's part of like honoring your intuition and honoring your gut. I think sometimes when you're entering capitalism and wanting your work to make money you're gonna have to make some tough decisions because things that will be mainstream won't always be um the most well-researched or the most informing content um so yeah i definitely <laughs> have made sacrifices really small ones really big ones even the shows that i've worked on when i was freelancing in new york and trying to get money a lot of the content i was participating in i really um, thought had a lot of hints of racism in it but you know was I gonna like talk to my boss at the time when I'm you know when that's my only job and I'm making like minimum wage um no because I want to um you know eat so I think that's the really just tough about creating work under capitalism you're gonna have to choose when to speak up and choose um when to just like sit back and make ends meet you know what I'm saying yeah. Um, with that, like, so how has it been being a POC within this industry? Like, how has your identity played a role in any creative decisions and choices? Yeah. Um, so you want to, you want me to speak to like, just my general experience as a woman of color in film? Or, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd say it's like the hardest thing I've probably ever done. Um, I have like a very love-hate relationship with 
film, but I think that shows me that I really love it because I stick around. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm used to, as a black woman, I'm used to just walking into a room and like people, you know, not really paying me too much attention. So when you're walking into a creative space, um, sometimes that's even multiplied. Like I remember I was working on a set once in New York and, um, the director introduced me to someone else as the assistant editor for the project and she was in introducing me to this white guy and he was like stuttering because he couldn't believe that I was um the assistant editor on the project I guess he just didn't believe that I knew how to edit or I because it was like a big project you know or or could deal with that mm -hmm. so I just think I'm used to people not um understanding my um capacities you know like I constantly feel like I have to prove that I'm intelligent or um, that I'm capable and that gets really exhausting. There's like a common saying that, you know, like black people and people of color have to do things three times as hard. They have to try three times harder than, you know, a non-black person or a white person. And I find that incredibly true. Like, and I saw it very clearly, especially after I graduated college and when I moved to New York to just specifically work in film. It would take me so much effort just to get an interview. And then coming into the interview, presenting as black, I could just tell that they didn't believe that I knew what I was doing. And yeah, it makes me emotional, makes me sad. But I think the reason why I stay around is just to create space for identities that aren't so welcome. I feel like um, creative jobs are really like non-accessible for black people all the time and for people of color, especially you have like these, you know, these artsy fartsy jobs and you have desk jobs and you know, like it's, it's really, really freaking hard. So if anything, if I'm in the room, I'm just going to advocate for more people to come in. I want people to understand too that like black women are not a monolith. Um, I think sometimes I'm the only black person in certain spaces, especially when I was working in New York. And I and I think people will assume like, oh, the Amash's politics are her politics because that's just the way all black women think. But that's not true, you know? Everyone is unique. I can't speak for all black women, can't speak for all people of color. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I think it's like, I think you just being in the industry as well is also just so em empowering and powerful. Not that you represent everyone, but also just that people can make it as well. On the other end, how um, did you ever experience like a good experience? Like how would it's been like a good uh, place where you, you felt that community or support, maybe in a shoot or in a project or, or something like that? Yeah, I did have a good experience actually. Um, when I first moved to New York, there was this woman, um, well, I'll back up a little bit. I had a really cool job actually at SF State. My last semester it was a really random job, but I was in charge of filming all the poetry events and, and doing audio for all the poetry events and editing, editing them and posting them. And it was, it felt so random, but I learned so much. Um, and also I love, poetry and I love literature I love reading so I got to just meet like the coolest people every single day at work and I was at a bookstore filming a reading and the bookstore owner was like hey what are you doing once you graduate um and I was like oh I don't know I'm gonna go to New York I work in film you know I felt very much like expressing big lofty dreams that weren't attainable 
Um, but he was like, you know what? Here's my niece's number. Just call her. I barely knew this man. Okay. So I was like, um, yeah. all right. Uh, but then a couple months later, I was thinking about, okay, I'm about to move to New York. Who do I know in New York? So I decided to contact his niece. I uh, barely knew him, did not know her at all. I reached out. She responded. Um, we kept in contact. She told me, keep. she said, when you move to New York, let me know. I moved to New York. And then randomly one day, she offered me a job um, to edit this documentary. Um, and... Wow. What I didn't know is that it was a huge documentary that would end up premiering at the Whitney Museum and the Brooklyn Museum and the SF MoMA and the LA mm-hmm. MoCA. It premiered like at a hundred museums worldwide, and it was just one of those experiences that was so positive. She was definitely an ally; like she treated me like a person, which is such an mm-hmm. understatement. Like it's so sad that I have to say that, but it's so important just to be treated as like a capable smart creative person she put a lot of trust in me I worked on that project for three months it was my only source of income um in New York and yeah we we premiered the film and it got great reception it was about a really amazing um radical AIDS activist who had passed and a lot of his friends actually came to see the film um and it was just I don't know it was just so moving and so touching and Mm -hmm. That's, that's awesome. And like, that's great to like, just add it to the things that you did, right? Like life is just full of like, you go for it. Like you just went for it to text, um, the guy's niece. Right. Um, and then boom, you're like creativity and your art is out there in the world. Right. I'm all for that. And also I just wanted to acknowledge to thank you for your vulnerability and what you have mentioned about like experiences as a black person is real. And this is why we have like these podcasts today. Like this is why me and Matthew are here to like, this stuff is important to talk about. Like this is real life, but that's why, you know, all of us are here trying to like change that in our own special way, because I feel like we all like bring something because we all have unique lives yet we're all like, you know, part of kind of like categories that are like underrepresented. Yeah. So I guess now that you are in New York, um, how has that been like being a creative in New York? Do you feel that like a larger sense of community being in New York um, compared to being at home? And do you feel it's been more inspiring or your art is going in different directions while being in New York? around a lot so I like move somewhere new every four months so before I was in New York I was in LA um after this I'm gonna be going to Costa Rica for a while and working remotely so because I'm moving around a lot I'm just staying present I think being in New York this time is different than it was last time because last time we weren't in a pandemic and then also Last time I had this thought, like, I need to do film and only film, and that's the only way I'm going to make money. Versus now I'm I'm a little bit older, I'm more relaxed, um, I'm more financially stable. I think, you know, I only had like 100 bucks back then to my name. So things were just, I was struggling, you know, struggling to pay rent. I think this time around, um, I'm understanding that New York is so huge. So it's not like, you know, there's 8 million people here. It's not like I can, you know make my mark on the city versus the last time I moved here that was kind of like my my mindset I think I've calmed down a little bit but um no I definitely feel like I have a creative community here there's so whatever your 
people are, there's a lot of them. So, like, there's a lot of mm-hmm. black girl filmmakers here. And I meet up with them, like, every two weeks. And we usually are in a similar position. Last time we all met up before the pandemic, we were all unemployed, mm-hmm. um, struggling to find work. Now we're all um, employed, but we're facing different challenges now. So, yeah, like, I think... I think that's how I'm viewing it. Also, you know, when when you are working nine to five, you don't always get that outside time versus last time I lived in New York because I was freelancing. I worked two days a week, uh, which wasn't good on the money front, but was good in terms of like I could just, you know, go outside and hang out and connect more versus now I think I'm I'm working more than I'm doing anything else, unfortunately. But I really enjoy the people here, the sunshine, and mm-hmm. I'm being present. I'm not yeah. sure where I'll go next. Yes, I think it's just super important to stay present. Um, I feel like that's just, like, one of the challenges as a human being, right? Like, staying present. Exactly. Staying, exactly. Like, I, I honestly can't tell you, like, what my life will look like in three months. That's why I'm, I don't have a plan. Right. I'm just, like, I'm going to make dinner later on today and... And have a good rest and eat good food, and then I'm going to wake up and be present the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think Hello. your journey yeah. so far exactly. and being a part of Big Cat has prepared you as a production coordinator or freelancer or where you're at now? Yeah, definitely. I think um, in my time here working full-time, I've realized that I definitely want to be a producer and that's because of the producers I work under and how amazing they are and how influential they are and just good at their jobs. So working as a production coordinator has um, validated um, for me that I can be a producer and I feel like I'm really equipped. I think because we have so many projects here, you really have a chance to exercise um, those skills that you need to exercise to really get good at your craft. So yeah, I feel prepared. I feel thankful um, that I've been able to to work here. I feel like production coordinator jobs too, they're kind of underrated in a sense. Like I feel like people don't know like how important like mm-hmm. or how much you, you do as a production coordinator too, but that's great. That's awesome. I'm glad like you feel set on that because I feel like that's also another challenge for like humans to feel set on like a certain title, job description, um, majors, right? Or like being stuck to a passion or something. Either Even then, like we're all growing, so. When I think about like my personal creative journey, I feel like I'm the type of person that would make one film to release publicly and then that's that's it. Because I feel like... I don't really have a desire to put out my own work and for it to be popular. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but I, yeah, like I guess I just, <laughs> I don't trust the media. It's so weird. I work in media, but I don't trust the media enough to um, <laughs> put myself out there in that way. So I love supporting people. That's why I love coordinating. I love producing. I love helping people make what they want to <laughs> happen happen but also I realized that like maybe my own stuff is just a little bit too personal um or I also love to create for the sake of creating I don't really think that people need to see everything that you make Mm -hmm. um all the time you know you know I'll write it up 
I'll write a poem. Yeah, you write a poem. I'll write poems, and I'm not going to show nobody. It's just for me. It's just for my own. I like the process of things. I don't always like um, sharing the end result personally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like that's what creativity is, like a lot of projects. When it comes to like making things, it's a lot of the times it's making it because you're questioning something or you're trying to like discover something or you're trying to like share something. And it's not necessarily true that everything you're trying to discover and ask is shared. Yeah, I feel like it literally starts with like something that's igniting you on the inside. Like this is like reoccurring thoughts or like a reoccurring idea or reoccurring like message that you want to send or something that you want to see visually that's... um that's there you know like just have it all like well I'm kind of thinking of a specific project that I have in mind and and I'm like I feel like mine is just because I want to see that out there like I want that message relayed you know we all have our different reasons but it all starts with like something like a fire on the inside right but I really do like love your self-awareness and like clarity that like well this is this is just for me you know and I feel like a lot of people don't even like they forget like um excuse me, (laughs) like they forget that um, this all should be for yourself too, like starting with yourself, you know, like self-care, self-love, you know, so. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I think that's very true, like with media and, and the influence of like white supremacy, like so many people don't realize how much what they believe in or what they like is based off of what, others have kind of told them what to like and and it kind of goes back with like being present I think a lot of people aren't present in realizing um what comes from influence of white supremacy or like the media that they're watching or whatever that they're kind of absorbing and then also like what is important what does matter what does make sense or what where where does it show like equity and liberation and you know what needs to be there so I think that's cool that like even with that kind of like deep mindedness that you're coming from, that you question society and you create these theories and or you have these theories and um, you have that criticizing mind. I think that's important to have, especially as a creative and, and realizing what media you're creating for people or, or showing people. Thank you. I loved what you said. Is there anything that our listeners or even us should keep an eye out for? Like future projects, or like maybe in like ten years, what's like a something? I don't know. It could be anything. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like my my mind changes every day on like what my you know my next big project is. But I like I said, I'm not really viewing life like that. I think that's too much pressure. But um, no need that. No, I totally respect that, and I like look up to that because like I kind of feel like I need to practice that because I feel like especially being in like your early 20s it's super like well by 21 you're supposed to already have your BA and Mm. be knowing what you're doing you know exactly what like um direction you're supposed to be going in and like that's so hard especially if you're trying to like put pressure or that ideology onto like people that just graduated high school what (laughs) like you're just being thrown into like a fire exactly like why are we putting so much pressure on ourselves like shouldn't we be outside shouldn't we be helping the earth you know (laughs) there's other i whenever i want to calm myself down if i get um super 
anxious about, oh, I'm supposed to be somewhere at some point. I just look at um, a view of the Milky Way galaxy and I remind myself that we live in a multiverse that's ever expanding. Like, what the hell? Like, nothing matters. You know what I'm saying? Do you have any um, social media handles or websites or anything that you'd want to share to our listeners? Sure. My website is amashalc.com. Um, my Instagram comes and goes because I have an unhealthy relationship with it. Um, but when it is live, it's also amashalc. And a lot of my photos are there. Um, I do a lot of film photography. Um, and then, you know, if you just want to email me, um, you know, if you're interested in working with me or just chatting, um, it's Amasha Lyons Clark. Lyons spelled L-Y-O-N-S-C-L-A-R-K, no spaces or hyphens or anything, at gmail.com. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, and we'll definitely share those websites, uh, social media, and even the email within the um, caption of this episode so people can look down to there. Yes. Well, if they do want to, um, if you do want to check out something, you all can check out um, Blackness is Everything which um, just is making the film festival circuit right now. And I'm a creative producer on that. So it's part of the Brooklyn F- Film Festival, the SF Indie Film Festival, f- um, Frameline, um, the Queens Film Festival in New York, a lot. So yeah, you could you could watch that and we can put the link. And it's a good film. I, I watched it as well. And it's super empowering. Um, love the, the poetry and language yes, that's used. thank you. What's one tip you have for our listeners? It could be about life about being a creative, something specific to Baycat, or anything that you want to say right now? I would say, yeah, I think I feel like being present was a theme of this conversation. So yeah, just like try to be kind to yourself and honor yourself where you are. And um, I think whenever I'm getting down on myself, I just try to list three things I'm thankful for that are going right now. Like, you know, so, oh, yeah, I would just encourage everyone to just know that you're creative, whether or not you're releasing things or not. That doesn't really matter. But um, just love just love yourself as a vague. It's corny. But it, there's there's a lot of truth to it, though. Cool. Well, we're totally we're very excited. We're going to definitely keep following you. We're almost. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to um, add to the podcast? Thank you so much for having me. Um, Thank you. such a positive Thank you. you turned my day around um, so Aww. I appreciate that <laughs> well thank you we're, we're very excited to be following your social media or your website follow we'll my see. website <laughs> you, you better refresh my website every day oh yeah we will <laughs> we'll give you those view counts <laughs> right thank you so much for your vulnerability again and like I'm really glad that your day turned around because of our conversation All right. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today on Backstory with Baycat. We are your hosts. I am Matthew Kagit Wong, and my partner here is Angelica Castro. Please feel free to reach out on our Instagram at Baycat, that's B-A-Y-C-A-T, and let us know what you think. Backstory with Baycat is on all major podcast streaming platforms, so give us a follow and subscribe to us. All social media handles and website links, including the guests, are going to be found in the description below. So definitely check them out. Until next time, stay creative.